Welcome to Alaskwatch, the show all about Bigfoot in the great state of Alaska. I'm your host, Beans Baxter. So lace up your boots, zip up your coat, and come with me on an adventure as we explore all things cryptid in the last frontier. So we're back with Jesse Desmond here. We're continuing our conversation on all things creepy here in Alaska. And uh, she's going to tell us all about UFOs and shadow people this week. So uh, go ahead, Jesse. Okay. So I'm going to uh, start off with UFOs and end with shadow people. Uh, so U- UFOs, Alaska is actually a really major hotspot for UFO activity. Uh, I'm currently in the middle of writing a book about the history of UFOs over Alaskan airspace. And like, it goes, it goes really far back actually, um, which surprises most people. And do we have abductions? We, we absolutely do. Um, I would tell you about uh, some recent abduction cases, but uh, when I was with MUFON, they came up, they came over to me. And I, I just can't because uh, I have to respect people's privacy. But they are they are currently happening. So be aware of that. What I really wanted to get to was a story of animal mutilation. Because you always hear about this in like the Southwest. You know, you hear about cows and horses and stuff um, being mutilated mysteriously. And I actually came across a story from... Uh, what year is this? I want to say 1977 of a, of an incident that happened. And it actually had happened for the most part outside of Eagle, Alaska, which is really close to the Alaska border, but you kind of have to go out of your way to get there. And let's see here. Okay. So there were, I want to say there, okay. So there were four people four grad students um, from New York who decided to come up to Alaska to do some hiking, kind of get out in the middle of nowhere and do some camping and stuff like that. And they had gone to Eagle and they were hiking outside around Eagle. Um, so they were a few, they're a few miles away from Eagle, but they were, they were close. Um, and one night they were kind of, they camped out on this ridge and one guy got up early, like before all the others to, to go to the bathroom. And he got out and he said that there were a ton of UFOs kind of overhead. And he, he didn't know what was going on. And he's kind of watching him while he's doing his business. And then he, you know, then he woke people up and he saw one lift up from the valley below and join the others. And then they all kind of went away. And he said it happened fairly, fairly fast. Like he walked out as it was happening and he peed and he's watching it happen. And, and so when the others came out, uh, they didn't really see a whole bunch. And this guy was like, Oh, we have to go, we have to go see where that thing landed. So they hiked down into the valley to try and find where this craft had landed down below. And they, they came across, okay, so they came across a, like a circle impression in like the natural grasses and uh, shrubbery and stuff like that. Like everything was kind of pressed down and kind of swirled in the same sort of direction, you know, Mm -hmm. and they found scorched earth. They found four uh, triangular imprints, which they assumed were were like um, some kind of landing gear pressed into the dirt. Um, They found a 14 foot young killer whale carcass, uh, which is impressive. Sorry, I need a drink of water. Um, 
They found a grizzly cub carcass. They found a an adult grizzly carcass. They found elk and caribou bodies. And they found this stuff called angel hair, which is like this weird um, <clears throat> filament. Excuse me. <coughs> this weird um, filament that disintegrates when you handle it. And they, they've found that kind of stuff before, um, like in Washington State and stuff. Hang on. Yeah. Hang on. <coughs> I'm so sorry. My... My throat got really dry. <laughs> yeah, I've actually, um, I think some, maybe you have told me about this before and uh, yeah, where they come me. across all these different animal bodies and it's, it's kind of interesting. I would, I would wonder, did they inspect any of them to see if there was any uh, commonality between them? Like, were they all missing certain, the same organs or anything like that? Uh, let's see here. The, the bears were like missing their, their paws and the whale carcass, uh, the whale carcass had been picked at and they, they didn't really go into, into what had been taken from the whale carcass. Um, but the, the elk and caribou, um, they, you know, they had like their, they had like soft parts taken and like their antlers and stuff were cut off and gone and, just just weird like that's that's such a weird thing and then the whale the whale just gets me because if you look at a map if you look where eagle is yeah it's nowhere near the ocean it is not near the ocean it's like 450 miles north and it's very inland and you have to there's no direct road from there to the ocean <laughs> there's you have wrangle saint elias national park in the way you know plus other mountains and and what's really cool is the person who put this article together they actually found a uh like a park ranger who who was uh on a ferry going to like juno or something and they saw some kind of ufo go down and like scoop something in the water and they couldn't really tell what, and that had been a couple days before this sighting was reported. So that's kind of cool. Um, because yeah. I think that ties into it, uh, which is what the article kind of gets at. And, okay, so so these, these four grad students, one of them was a geology major. And so he, apparently there was like some kind of rocks or, or something that was left over. So he kind of gathered some of those and they decided to kind of go back to civilization. And he, he tried to fly out um, from Anchorage back to New York uh, with these, with these rock things, but they got confiscated and they were approached by some strange men in black <laughs> at one point. So, uh, you know, it, does this kind of stuff happen? Yeah. It out in the middle of nowhere, that's where it happens. You know, mm. I mean, that, that would be a pretty creepy scene to come on. Like there wasn't a whole bunch of blood or anything that was reported. Um, it was just these animals with like stuff removed from them and a lot of animals, a lot of weird animals. Yeah. One of the things that fascinates me about the animal mutilation cases, like in the, the Southwest, like you were talking about, was they always, it seems like they always put the animals back where they got them. Like they always like take it back to the, if, if they even take it away, but they, they always leave the animal there. But the the whale, that's interesting because it was so far away from where they got it. It, it, it kind of breaks from their, for, from their M.O., where they, they put the animals back where they got them. If they, if they brought it that far inland and just left it. And I wonder if it's got something to do with like, you know, well, the, the cows belong to this person. So we got to leave them here, but the, the, the whale didn't belong to anybody. So they can just leave it wherever, or it's kind of weird. It's yeah, odd. This is more like wild animals being mutilated. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's um and it's it's almost it almost seems like they went out collected stuff and then said hey no one's gonna be out here in the middle of nowhere we can take our time to do whatever to this to these animals you know and then just kind of leave and no one's gonna be out here of course they were wrong but um I don't, I don't even know how to begin to explain what, what was going on. It just, yeah, I just, I'm trying to imagine walking through the woods, like inland, pretty far inland and coming across like a whale skull or something. I don't know what, I don't know what I would think about that. I, I would probably like, unless it was fresh and still had meat on it, I'd probably just be like, Oh, there must've, there must've been water here at some time. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the, that's what I would think too. So I don't know. I, I did try and reach out to some of these people <laughs> and uh, I wasn't really able to find. I, okay. I, I found one person that gets mentioned in the story and I won't tell you who he is because he really was not happy that I had found him. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to respect that. But, you know, I mentioned really vaguely, I said, Hey, I came across this article uh, from the seventies. And I was hoping to talk to you about it, uh, from, you know, I'm from Alaska and I, I didn't mention, I didn't mention anything with UFOs or anything like that. I just mentioned Alaska and this article and this guy just told me to leave it alone. He said, he, he said, Nope, not talking about it. Uh, it was fake. Don't, don't look into it. And basically just tried to shut it down. Hmm. And it was, I was like, that's, that's crazy because I could have been talking about, I don't, I don't know, an art of National Geographic article or, or something, you know, it could have been a number of things, but he knew exactly what I was talking about. So that was, that's pretty cool. I think for, for me as a researcher, that's pretty cool. <laughs> Um, because that, that pure denial without giving him any tips on what I was after, uh, that in itself is, is almost, it is like the opposite of denial. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's his quick denial is, is proof that it happened kind of a thing. Yeah. I mean, he could have just been like, I don't know what you're talking about. You got the wrong guy. Yeah, he, he could have easily been like, oh, no, that wasn't me. That was someone else or something. And I'd be like, oh, okay. And I would have just moved on. I've never been to no Alaska. Problem. Mm. Yeah. And it was – and that was – that's like the, a weird response. And sometimes I I dig stuff up and I talk to people and that's the kind of response I get. And I – even though it's just pure denial and you don't, you don't get an interview out of it, it's – it's interesting and it's it in itself kind of validates information, I guess. Yeah. Just because, well, yeah, it's a, it's a denial without it's a, it's a, yeah, we used to do the same thing when we would interrogate people about, you know, crimes and stuff. And, you know, you would say something like, Oh, you know, you, you stole a, a purse and it had a gun in it. And the guy would be like, I didn't steal nothing. And there was no gun in that purse, you, right. you know? <laughs> it's like, well, you just said you stole it because you knew there was no gun. <laughs> and yeah, and I, I, I tried. I was purpose, purposefully tried to avoid using any uh, leading terms. You know, I just, just you know, basic facts. It's an article. It's from the seventies. You know, your your name was mentioned. So are you this person from this article who had this job at the time? He could have just easily said no. So, okay. Yeah. So that is my spooky UFO story. Um, Alaska does have its own UFO day and it's coming up in November. So November 17th is Alaska UFO day. Cause that's when the big famous, um, uh, flight 1628 incident happens in, and that was, uh, 1986. So if you want to Google that, you can find all kinds of crazy UFO articles and stuff. Yeah. Um, that, and that's one of the few 
UFO incidents where you can actually follow <clears throat> the negative impact that it had on the witness's life because he actually, the pilot, he was actually grounded for a while after he came forward with that story. Right. And he had been a military pilot uh, from Japan because JAL is Japanese Airlines. And he had like 10,000 hours or so of airtime. So he was like, like, that's a lot of airtime for a pilot. Um, <clears throat> so he wasn't, he wasn't just like some newbie, you know, he was kind of this older guy. Um, he had military experience and then, you know, he had all this uh, flying time as pilot, like a commercial pilot. And it's an, it's an important sighting because there were, there were three UFOs involved. There's two smaller ones and one like gigantic mothership thing. And it kind of, they caught it on radar. They caught it on military radar and they caught it on FAA radar, which is like uh, the airline radar. And they, they were able to track it. And you can actually, it's really cool because the FAA at the time was like, hey, if you wanted a copy of all this information that we have on this incident, uh, you know, it's it, it'll cost you like shipping and handling basically. And you can send us a letter and we'll send you a packet of information. So that means you can go to the Library of Congress and download all the information on this, which is really cool, right? And so what happened was uh, the flight, they were supposed to land in Anchorage. Uh, they were coming from Iceland with a with a shipment. It was just a cargo plane. So they, they had a shipment of wine and as they crossed Alaska air in Alaska airspace, these UFOs kind of flew around their their plane, and they crossed over um, Fairbanks, and that's kind of when they started seeing this mothership, this big giant kind of walnut shaped mothership, and it followed them, and they even they requested to do some uh, evasive maneuvering with. <laughs> with a cargo plane, <laughs> which is weird. And their flight path, when they get closer to uh, Talkeetna, they actually do a big loop-de-loop. -loop. And uh, Elmendorf sent jets out and stuff, and they didn't. the jets didn't see anything because the UFOs had flown off at that point. But, you know, they, they continued on and landed in Anchorage. So it was... Uh, it was, it's kind of a big deal, and a lot of people have forgotten about it. But since that happened on November 17th, 1986, November 17th is now Alaska UFO Day. So, you know, I... Yeah, that's, uh, that's great. That, I mean, that's one of the things about uh, the, one of the Alaska UFO events that you, you see quite a bit on, like, I think Alaska yeah. Triangle did a thing on it, and... Um, a few other shows, but uh, yeah, there, there's been a lot of, um, if there's a UFO show mm -hmm. that you, you know, for sure that they have covered it at some point. Um, yeah. the, uh, the state director before I was state director, um, he was on like a history channel show or something and he was talking about it and it, it's one of those that comes up regularly. Yeah. It's one of the better documented, um, accounts by a by an airline pilot, I think, because you've got the the radar confirmation, and then you've got all the radio traffic uh, logs two, and stuff two like radar confirmation, yeah. <laughs> um, which is really cool. So, I don't know. As, as a UFO kind of person, I I don't know. I, I get real excited about it because it's there's so much out there, so much information that's publicly available. Um, yeah, then people tried saying that it was like Jupiter. Um, that was a big, that was a popular thing. Oh, the pilot was just looking at Jupiter. And it's, <laughs> I, I don't yeah. know. <clears throat> Jupiter is a big planet, but not when you're looking at it from Earth. Yeah. You, you know I'm, what I mean? I'm, I'm not really into astronomy or anything, but I've never looked up into the sky and saw a planet and thought that it was anything but a planet or a, a star. Like, I don't see how you could look at anything other, maybe the moon 
and and think, oh my gosh, that's you know, there, there's a craft flying, you know, over me. I, right. I don't know. I just I think it's a lame excuse for a lot of uh, UFO um, skeptics. Well, they they definitely tried their hardest to uh, come up with reasons for this sighting, but they nothing really pans out. So it's and it's one of those things. If you want to look it up, definitely look it up. You can Google it. You can go to the Library of Congress. You can do a newspaper search for it. You can find a whole bunch of stuff. Um, and of course, in the future, you can find it mentioned in my book, <laughs> which will be coming out at some point. It's not quite finished yet. So that's, I mean, that's, that's all I really wanted to talk about for UFOs. Um, I know that's not a whole lot, but we have animal mutilations and a, and a publicly well-known, uh, UFO sighting. Well, I mean, our, our, our animal mutilation case has a whale. So, I mean, that's, that's more than uh, a lot of other states can, can boast. So. <laughs> and, and it has a separate sighting that almost confirms the whale as well. So yeah. and that's, yeah, that one, that took me a while to like kind of dig out and I, that'll be in my book more in depth, <laughs> more in depth. Um, okay. So I do have, uh, some stuff on shadow people because I know a lot of people like shadow people. Um, there's a couple documentaries that you can find on like Amazon or Netflix, um, about, about <clears throat> excuse me, about shadow people. Let me grab some more water real quick. <clears throat> yeah. Shadow people is, um, <clears throat> it's, it's also kind of a, a popular topic among um, forty and, and cryptozoology people nowadays. It's it's something that's probably just kind of come out here. Well, I, I say come out. It's kind of something that's just started to be talk about here in the last like I don't know ten years or so. Uh, I, I almost want to say that there was like an X Files episode on shadow people, but I I'm not placing it right at the moment. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's been out there. It just, I think because of the internet, it's been more talked about recently. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like Dogman. I mean, there's been werewolf and Dogman legends for, for hundreds of years. Yeah. But it seems like just now here in the past few years, they've kind of started to, I don't want to say hit the mainstream, but I mean, hit more mainstream 40 and um, venues, I guess. And it's kind of the same with shadow people where there's been talk and legends of them for years and now they're just kind of starting to have their time i guess in the spotlight i guess is what i'm trying to say so i guess we should probably mention what what a shadow person is uh the honest answer is i don't know what it is it's if you want a description it's like it's like someone took a shadow that you might see on the wall of a person and, but it, it, it's like standing in the middle of your room, you know, and it moves. Uh, and sometimes people hear noise and stuff associated with it. Uh, and it, it's really creepy. <laughs> it's really creepy. Um, and I say that because I've had shadow people and creature experiences and, uh, and they are just pretty creepy. So, um, let me start by, by saying that the Inuits, uh, they had, they had some shadow people incidents. <laughs> they called them, uh, the Takriaxit. I'm probably butchering that name, but that that's what they called them. And basically, they they think that they have like this other realm that they can that they live in, and that they can cross over to our realm. And that a lot of times, if you're if you're out in the woods by yourself, um, or if you kind of get lost or whatever, if you start hearing like a 
like almost like a whispering, like you can hear some kind of sound like that, but you can't really make out what, what's being said. Like that's, that's their shadow people. And sometimes you see them and sometimes like they just seem to disappear and they either like go into trees or they go into the ground or something to disappear or something. And, and it, there's really not a whole lot that I could find on them, but that's, I mean, uh, that's pretty creepy because it reminds me of that thing that happened to me in Washington where I was standing there and I heard it sounded like whispering behind me. I, but, I've uh, heard, I've heard <clears throat> whispering uh, in the woods and that was just growing up. Like yeah. I heard but, some whispering in the woods. That made the hair on the back of my neck stand up when you said that. Cause I, it reminded me of that incident. Um, do you want, can you spell the, that name? So the people at home can Google this if they want to look it up. Sure. Okay. So I found this at inuitmyths.com and the way you spell it is T-A-Q-R-I-A-Q-S-U-I-T. Thanks. I I always, I I know when I talk about stuff like that, I butcher the names. So I always try and spell it so people can look it up for themselves because if you went by the way I pronounce it, I'm probably not saying it right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's, um, they use a lot of cues in there in their language. So um, it's, it was kind of interesting to find the, the Inuit myth because it doesn't get mentioned very often, which is why I wanted to mention it. Uh, Shadow people. (laughs) I I know. Okay. So the most popular shadow people that stories that you'll come across, if you look it up online is probably you'll hear about the hat man, which is like super popular. It looks like, it looks like a shadowy figure of a of a guy in like a of either like just a figure of a guy or maybe he, like he's wearing a trench coat or something but he definitely has like a a hat like a fedora or something or or some kind you know some kind of similar sort of hat and it's just like you don't see uh features or anything you don't see you don't see the brim come out or anything like that. It's, it's a very flat sort of thing and it just, but it's not against the wall. It's like in the middle of the room or it moves down the hallway or it's standing next to like someone's bed or something, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's really bizarre. Uh, the, the other popular one is called head and shoulders and it's like if someone was standing there and all you could see was like an outline of like their head and shoulders and they're instead of like with a hat. I've never you heard know? of that one. I've heard of the hat man, but I've never heard of the head and shoulder. Well, head and shoulders is, is what I've, what I grew up seeing a lot of. Um, and actually I, I don't know what happens with the area that I grew up, but shadow people was like, that was it. That was, uh, there, there was a shadow person that hung out in the back of like in the woods in the back of the house. And I, I would see him occasionally and I, I stopped going out there. I mean, unless I was forced to mow the the yard or something growing up, but I would usually kind of avoid that area and then just kind of get in trouble for missing a spot of the yard because it was easier to deal with because it'd be the middle of the day and I, in the summer and I'd see this dude out there and it was creepy. It was creepy because you couldn't see any features and, and it's like he knew when I was looking at him from the kitchen window, it was, it was so bizarre. Um, and then Growing up, like I, we had, we had like a three bedroom house, right? So as a little kid, like I shared a room with my sister and during that time, during that time, I I would see like this head and shoulders thing and it would, it's like, it just would watch me from the middle of the room. And it was, it was so weird. Like I, I had sleeping issues as a kid, (laughs) but, um, so if I woke up and I, and I saw this thing just kind of looming there, cause you'd get like 
a little bit of light coming in from like the neighbor's house, you know, and, and you could, you can still see shadows in, even in the middle of winter when it's like that. And it, it was just, it was there and it would, it's, it was just watching me and I, I don't know what it ever wanted. Um, and I would just like freeze in place. And it's not that I couldn't move. I was just frightened. And sometimes, sometimes I would, uh, pretend that I was still asleep and I would shift just to make myself a little more comfortable. It, you know, so I know it wasn't like some kind of sleep paralysis, which is what everyone says. I could move. I just didn't want it to know that I was awake. If that, you know, and that's, yeah. um, so I spent a lot of terrifying years <laughs> in that state. Um, and now I have some major sleep issues, uh, with chronic insomnia and stuff. Uh, and the, you know, I asked my parents, I, yeah, I, I grew up in North pole. So, uh, North pole middle actually starts at sixth grade, six, seven, and eight, eighth grade. So when I hit sixth grade, I was like, I need my own bedroom. Can I move across the hall, uh, into the other, the spare room? And my parents said, sure, but no more of this weird, you see stuff coming out of your closet, you know, shadow person kind of stuff. And I was like, great, no problem. I, I, I literally had no issue in that other room. Um, I, I did see stuff in the hallway, but never in my room once I moved across the hall. And that just kind of scared me even more. Because I started seeing, uh, I, I had a, I had a black lab at one point, and and I was like, oh no, like the dog's out, and we'd go, we I'd look in there, if he wasn't even outside, he would be inside, and there wouldn't be another dog out, um, and so I've seen dogs, I've seen cats. At uh, one point, I thought uh, like a giant rat had gotten into my apartment when I was living in Oregon and there was nothing. I mean, I, that kind of, that was, that was so weird. Um, cause I, I grabbed the broom and I like for an hour I was trying to search for something and I didn't find anything. I didn't hear anything. And I, I, I couldn't find any place where it would have come in. And, you know, I, sometimes I see people or, shadow figure like walk by and it'll be like outside and that's really creepy um <laughs> uh there was one time at work when i was in oregon and i was working this uh hotel job at the time and i like i just about i was at the front desk right and i it's there's always two of us at the front desk and I like hit the floor and I thought there was this bird had swooped, had gotten in uh, and like had swooped down or something. Like it was trying to figure, find its way out. And like the guy that I was working with at the front desk, like we we're both looking for some stupid bird and we got the driver, uh, the shuttle, the shuttle driver to come in and look for this bird. And, and there was no bird. You know, so I, I don't hear a lot of people talk about shadow critters like that, but mm -hmm. I seem to um, have really had a lot of experiences with shadow critters. So uh, one, one thing that I am a little worried about <laughs> um, is since I'm mentioning this, I'm kind of worried that they're going to show up again because I, it seems like the more you talk about it, the more you think about it, uh, the easier it is for them to find you almost like, like yeah. that's, that's where, that's what it comes down to. Like if I move, I'm worried about how long will it take them to find me? And it, cause I don't know what it is. I don't know what they want. Yeah. Well, you made the point uh, earlier when you were talking about the uh, Athabascan legend, about how there's not a lot of mentions of it. It's kind of hard to find. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was going to make the point like, yeah, you know, a lot of native legends, they don't, they don't like to talk about it because they feel to talk about it is to invite it to you or to call it to you. I, yeah. And I, 
I battle with that, with uh, gathering stories and stuff from people. And I, I know that I'm, I'm part Athabascan and I really hate the fact that I, that I don't want to talk about it because I, because I do want to talk about it. I just don't want to talk about it a whole lot uh, because I, this is something that I really want to avoid. So yeah. <laughs> if that well, makes sense. I mean, if it makes you feel any better, yeah. I talk about this stuff all the time and I, I've never, I've never had any, any encounters uh, with it, but I, I think a lot of times it's focused on, um, it can be focused on areas like geographical areas and people. I, I don't know. It's it's kind of weird how it works like that, how some people seem to be more prone to it and some areas seem to be more prone to it than others. Well, hopefully they won't find me anymore. So hopefully it's over and done with. But, you know, I know a lot of people that they're like, oh, is there like, I think I just saw a dog in the yard or a cat or something. And they look and there's there's nothing there, you know, and a lot of times when I would see these things like outside and I'd go check it out, it would be really silent um, for a while outside. And then, you know, then you get like the squirrels and the birds chittering again and whatever. And it, and it comes back, but it, it's like, there's a weird silence that happens. Yeah. That's uh that's interesting. I wonder if that could be um, like a thinning of the veil or something there where, <clears throat> You always hear about that uh, eerie silence before something creepy happens. Possibly. I I haven't quite figured it out. <clears throat> Excuse me. <laughs> I have a lot of sinus, sinus issues going on right now. Okay. So I haven't really figured it out. And people are always asking me like, oh, do you think it's a ghost or something? I think they're different than a ghost. They're, I think they might be from like a different dimension or something and they they just have the ability to cross over but yeah well i wonder yeah. often if they're even really if they're really here or it's just kind of their <clears throat> you're kind of their i don't want to say shadow but their outline or whatever that we're seeing and they're not really physically here it's just maybe um they're bleeding through just a little bit yeah i have no idea um but that does you know, now we have the whole uh, like parallel parallel universe kind of theories going on with uh, oh gosh, I totally look at this stuff all the time and I totally forgot the name of it. Uh, you know, with like the Berenstein Bears, or it's is it Berenstein? Is oh, it Berenstein? Mandela effect. Ma Mandela effect. Thank you. Um, there's a lot of that stuff going on, and I actually I. I took some notes about stuff that I recall until about 96 and it's different than, than what we have today. It's, it goes up to 96. I, that's where I've documented it. So I don't, <laughs> I don't know if something's happened, but um, I, I don't know. Like there, I remember some stuff that just people claim didn't happen. Well, I wonder if it's not necessarily because people say, oh, it's the it's a multiverse kind of thing. I wonder maybe if it's not uh, like some kind of time travel thing where people are going back and changing things and it's kind of a ripple effect for something that got changed. That and could be it. Yeah. That, it's, but it's wouldn't that of, be some kind of multiverse thing as well? Well, it depends. Um, it depends on whether time the timeline splits off. Yeah. If, if it splits, then yeah, it is a different universe. But if it's just like a ripple effect where it changes, but we're in the same timeline. I mean, it depends on how time works, I guess. I don't know enough about it to, to really um, be able to speak intelligently about it. But I think it, it could be some kind of, you know, time travel um, back to the future scenario where something got changed and we're seeing, you know, the ripple effects from that, which I mean, I don't know why the Bernstein bears would be the Bernstein bears from somebody going back in the time, but uh, I don't know. Maybe it's like something's got to change. So it's got to be that it's going to be, it's going to be something. So maybe. <laughs> I remember uh, like I, I had a lot of Bernstein bear books growing up and I remember it like you pronounced it as Bernstein, but it had an A in it. 
so it looked like Berenstain bears or something. It, so it was something like that. And uh, I always thought that was kind of weird because there was a cartoon for a little bit at, at one point for that that book series as well. And they would say Berenstain. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I kind um, of, I attributed my misremembering of that as just to growing up in the South. And I just kind of figured like, well, nobody knew how to pronounce it. So they just called it Bernstein, you know, because mm -hmm. I mean, we were from the South anyway. So I didn't think that big of a deal. The Mandela effect that I, that freaks me out the most is the Shazam movie. I remember, I remember it coming out. I didn't watch it because I was, I, it came out like when I was in uh, like fifth or sixth grade or something like that. And I remember it and I was like, I don't want to watch some Sinbad movie. And because Sinbad, Sinbad had his own show. He had, he had like a show uh, on TV. <clears throat> and I was like, when it came out, it seemed like a, almost like a made for TV movie for kids, you know? And I was like, oh, I'm too grown up for that. And then a couple years later, uh, the one with, with Shaq came out and I was like, what is this? Like, why are they remaking this? Well, I don't remember Shaz Shazam coming out. I remember seeing a, a a trailer for it on like a VHS. You know, I'd rented a movie mm -hmm. and it was, there was a trailer for Shazam on that tape that I rented. And I remember thinking, because I was in the comic books, like growing up a lot. And they spelled Shazam with like two Zs. Right. And I remember... I remember watching that and thinking, how in the world are they using that name? Or, you know, do they have DC Comics permission? Because DC owned uh, Captain Marvel, you know, Shazam at that time. Right, right. And, I'm like, and I remember thinking, I remember having that thought, like, how in the world are they able to use that name, that, that copyright? You know, I was like, is it just because they're spelling it different? I mean, it's still pronounced the same. And I remember thinking, like, oh, that movie's... You know that movie's destined to to have some problems. You know, even as a little kid, I, I I realized that like, well, they can't use that name. That's you know, that's Captain Marvel. And I I was disappointed that it wasn't the comic book, and I was also I was I, I was I was always that kid that was kind of put off by those kind of movies because I even as a kid I didn't really care much for kid driven movies too much. Like the Goonies is fine. Monster Squad, it's just a little predictable. Um, you know, I 28 Days Later is fine, but was it 28 weeks later, like the sequel? It You're just like, oh, the stupid kid like crossed the line, and now everyone's going to have to go risk their life to save this person. And I just, I, I just always have had an issue with that. And I just... I, I saw it and I was, it made me think of the, uh, like MC hammer cartoon, yeah you know, because I was like, ah, now he's just making a buck. You know what I mean? Like he's just making a buck. Yeah. I, that's, that's the thing. Like the one thing with the Mandela effect that I can kind of point to and cause some of them I'm kind of like, well, I, I don't really yeah. remember that. Or I don't really know about that. Um, I kind of remember, I, I want to say I heard about Nelson Mandela dying in prison. But uh, that doesn't really, you know, that's not, I never really paid attention to that kind of stuff. So that I, I could be misremembering that, but I am, I would almost swear that I saw that Shazam trailer on a, a VHS that I rented. I, I remember it vividly. And I remember having the thoughts about like, man, they can't use that name. That's, you know, that's for Captain Marvel and DC owns that owns that. And I think I even remember, like, I, I never saw the movie, like, come out and I always kind of thought like, Oh, they wouldn't let them, they wouldn't let them do it because of the name. Like it got, it got canned and it never, never came out. But yeah. That's, well, that's... And I remember, I remember they basically had Sinbad wearing like Sinbad's usual clothes, except like the, the vest um, was like metallic or something like gold or something shimmery. And he had like a turban on or something and a, bigger earring and I mean they had like his genie look or whatever as well but that was like his human genie look and and then they came out with like 
they came out with a fake trailer. I think it was uh, Funny or Die or something uh, did some kind of trailer. And I was like, that's pretty much it. Like, that's almost the look that he had. But the colors are different. Yeah. And I, but I, I have like a whole list of <laughs> things well, for this. So I know that's probably not uh, spooky stuff, but I, I do have the Shazam movie written down. Um, oh, and I, one thing that was bothering me was, uh, I mean, I was a little kid at the time. And so I don't remember things entirely because I, I wasn't reading the news all the time. You know, I was in like elementary school, but in like 88 or 89, I thought NASA was working on a, a new space station and they were going to be growing, uh, plants and stuff in there and I saw like some mock-up drawings and I want to say it was in like popular mechanics or popular science or something and and it was a wheel-shaped sort of thing and kind of like the Von Werner Von Braun design but it was um white they had a lot of white on the design and I remember like this cutaway and it showed people working in a lab uh, with plants and stuff like that. And I, I don't, I, I, I don't know whatever happened to that. And now we have, we, yeah, we have space stations up there, but they're, they're nothing like this design that I recall happening. And I was, I was really looking forward to it, um, at the time because I was, you know, space. I'm a kid and space yeah. is really cool. And yeah. I'm an adult now and space is still really cool. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. William Shatner. Did you see uh, William Shatner went up and. I, I, I was like, oh, that's today. So <laughs> I was watching it and then I was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to go to work early. And I, I live right above the office. So I went downstairs <laughs> about 15 minutes early to, to watch the entire thing. Cause I, my thought was, Either it's going to be another successful launch and, and touchdown, which was what I was hoping for, or Jeff Bezos was going to have an accident and kill Captain Kirk, which I was not down for. Um, so I, I watched because I was half worried that that would happen. Yeah. I mean, I didn't want to, it didn't happen. I I'm didn't want to shuttle disaster to happen. I mean, <clears throat> what, he's like 90, is he 92, 94 years old? No, he's just 90. But I mean, yeah, that's I, how, how, I mean, that's how I, I want to go when I'm 90. I'm, <laughs> it's like, well, they were, he was trying to, they were trying to blast him into space and it didn't work. <laughs> I, I don't usually get uh, emotional about stuff, but I, I was, I was, I was really happy for him. And I, I was like, oh, it's okay. You, you don't have to like, I almost started tearing up because I was just so like, it couldn't have happened to a better person. You know what I mean? Like, like, I mean, I guess the only, the, the only thing that could top Shatner going into space would be to have all the Star Trek captains go into space, you, you know, like at the same time, that would be really cool. Um, but I was, I, I don't know. I mean, I know it's only like, they go up and they come down. It doesn't take too long, but um, I was, for whatever reason, it got me a little emotional. And that's, I'm an INTJ. If you uh, follow the Myers Briggs <laughs> stuff, yeah, and so emotions yeah. aren't really my thing. I'm <clears throat> like a human Vulcan, kind of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was uh, that was a. A pretty cool uh, launch and uh, i'm glad it was successful i'm glad that we actually have a, a star trek character that's actually been to space well there <laughs> oh wait wait there was an astronaut uh and she she was an astronaut first and then she showed up on next generation as a oh, crew member yeah. as a yellow shirt crew member and uh oh gosh what was her name I totally forgot her name. She's uh, a black lady. She kind of had shorter hair, but she, yeah, she was in like a gold uniform and she was on the bridge 
Oh, right on. I didn't. I wasn't um, aware of that. But we've got yep. the captain, the first <laughs> captain in the space. I guess we'll say. <clears throat> so um, I'm a little bit of a trekkie, if you can't tell. So. <laughs> <laughs> I I was I I haven't followed any of the new stuff, but I uh, I was a big uh, Next Generation fan when it first came out, and you know watched. I think I watched pretty much the whole series when it was on TV. And uh, some of Voyager, and then I kind of, I kind of lost it around Voyager. Deep Space Nine, um, right? and the latest. I, seasons. I've, I've seen <clears throat> everything, unless there's a new episode of Lower Decks that I've missed, which there isn't. I, I'm caught up on that. Um, yeah. So I'm waiting for the next, next season of Discovery to come out, and I don't know. I have Lower Decks. I, uh, I'm a little, eh, on Lower Decks. It's it's okay. Yeah. yeah, I haven't um, seen any of. I don't have the Paramount Plus, but it <clears throat> it just reminds me of uh, like Rick and Morty meets Family Guy meets Star Trek or something. I don't know. It just doesn't. Yeah. It kind of, it kind of is. It's a little like I I watch it while I'm making breakfast. You know, after the gym, I turn it on or something and then make breakfast and then watch it. But uh, so it kind of gets me through that little morning portion of my day but uh it's eh, it's okay i i heard that there's gonna be like a new show about um the starfleet academy coming out yeah so i'm excited that, about that that might be cool hey i had an idea um just real quick before we uh wrap things up so i didn't grow up in alaska mm -hmm. uh, i grew up in the south and I always know, you know, like when we did Halloween, when Halloween was, um, when we go out trick or treating, even in the South, it would get kind of chilly around, you know, October 31st, it was a little colder. And I remember like having to wear like sweaters and stuff under my, under my, uh, Halloween costumes. So can you give us some insight into what it was like, what a typical Alaska Halloween was like when you were growing up? Well, uh, <clears throat> Some people had two different costumes, right? They had their indoor costume, which is like what you would wear to your classroom for Halloween or something like that. Um, like what, what am I? And I, well, I went as a mummy. So like I had my hair wrapped and, and as I, I took long johns and, and had uh, bandages, you know, wrapping uh, kind of stuff around that so that I could easily go to the bathroom uh, in case you're interested in being a mummy. That's a good way to go. <laughs> um, and then you'd have like your, your costume that would fit over your outdoor gear. So growing up, that was a heavy, ugly jacket. And because <laughs> it was the nineties for me, uh, early nineties, early nineties, like, you see those 80s ski suits out now, which are kind of making a small comeback, you know? It was like prints like that, um, just in more 90s colors rather than 80s. Anyway, um, so you had your big bulky jacket, you had your snow pants and your boots and stuff like that, and your gloves, and you just had to make sure that your costume would fit over it and kind of look how you wanted it to look. Or, or you tried to uh, make make the best of being cold, and you would wear whatever you could get away with as minimal as you could, so you so you looked more like your character. So what what was trick or treating like? Was it like um, you know just walking through a neighborhood and and you know running up to the house get candy, and then run to the next house, or was it? get out of the car, run up to the house, get back in the car, warm up, go to the next house. Okay. So, um, <laughs> my parents were like, here's a, here's a pillowcase. Uh, here's a flashlight. Have at it. Like, don't get kidnapped. That that's what they were worried about the most is, but they didn't take us around in a vehicle. Um, they were just simply like, don't get kidnapped. Uh, because there had been some, serial killers and stuff in our area. 
um, right before I was born. Anyway, so that was a big thing. Uh, and we'd, we'd kind of go around our neighborhood and then swing back by the house and warm up for a second and then venture back out. You know, I had to take a pee break and stuff too. And then venture back out and maybe go one street down. If it was a warm October, maybe hoof it half a mile down. It's like the next big road and then walk back. I mean, it's, we, we stayed in the area that we were able to ride our bikes. You know, that was, that was the rule. You, you couldn't leave the area um, where you could go with your bike. So that's, that's what we did. And if we got cold, we got colds and we just had to go back home. <laughs> that was, <laughs> and, and now like people, like my nephew, my, my sister will take him and, and she's like, okay, go hit the next, those couple of houses. And he gets out of the car and he goes and he does this thing and then he gets back in the truck and they drive on. And that's just not, that's not how we used to do it. So there's, I don't know. Yeah. Well, where I live now, I, I'm so remote that I, I never have, we never have trick or treaters like ever, but, uh, we'd always take the kids to like the nice neighborhood and, and park near the hospital or something and let them, you know, we do the loop and, and take them through the middle of town there. But, and it was always, um, I mean, here down, you know, we, we live down, uh, on the Southern tip of the peninsula. So it, it's not as bad as it is in Fairbanks, you know, it's probably, it's probably in the thirties here once the sun goes down, but up there, I'm sure it was probably a lot colder than that. Yeah, it's been getting warmer. I mean, right now, my computer says it's uh, 21 degrees outside right now. Uh, we've been getting warmer temperatures. And I I mean, we used to get like, it was, it was not uncommon for it to be like 20 or 30 below at Halloween. So that's what you're dressing for was um, to stay warm in that kind of temperature. And I know that a lot of people, if, they're, <laughs> if they live down in the States, they're like, holy crap, you're going to go outside like that? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what you do. You, you put on your layers and you go out and you do your thing and you keep moving. And, Cause if you stand still, that's when you get cold, you know, yeah. and then you, you go, Oh, my fingers are cold. And you go back home. <laughs> I remember, you know, growing up in the South, it would be in the forties and we'd be freezing, you know, because I mean, we we're coming off a hundred degree summer and you know that's a 60 degree difference from you know the the daytime temperature and you were you were cold because it was 40 degrees and mm -hmm. if it's 40 degrees now i'm wearing t-shirts but it's just it's a different climate yeah and um <clears throat> i remember one year what it was like 30 degrees out for halloween and uh at this point i was in high school and my friends and i we all my friend had a big like old school white station wagon. So we threw a Ghostbuster sign on it <laughs> and uh, dressed up like Ghostbusters. And, you know, we spent like a month or two working on our packs and, and that sort of thing. So they'd look really cool. And we had this whole show of like getting out of the car and putting on the pack and, and that sort of thing. And we, we went to Denny's. And we decided to swing by a hotel and ask if they had seen any ghosts. And then we, we went to the grocery store. <laughs> I mean, we were in high school, so we didn't really know what to do. We just wanted to go show people our costumes and we didn't have a party. Um, it was just us going to dinner, you know, because one of our friends could drive and we had we had cool costumes. So, you know. All right. So, what was your all-time favorite candy to get in your in your Halloween bag? Oh gosh. Um You you know, I <clears throat> I would probably say Smarties. I was I was always like a fan of Smarties. Uh, but the most memorable thing I ever, I ever picked up was, um, a full size can 
of Coca-Cola because my parents like never bought soda. You know, we never had cases of soda at the house. So to get not just a fun size, but like, like a full soda was, was just like, my mind was blown. And what had happened was uh, we went trick or treating and these people had just gotten back from like a, like a vacation or something. And they didn't have any candy, so they had soda, and they're handing out soda. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was so cool. Um, I don't know, but like gummy worms, gummy worms and Smarties. I don't know if I ever got gummy worms trick-or-treating. I don't know if they had those in like small packages. I think but... my favorite was either Snickers or the Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, like the full-size stuff. Uh, we, so, we usually had a lot of full size stuff handed out because people knew that p- kids might be only be going to like one street growing up, you know, and we're, yeah. where I grew up was um, in between North Pole and Fort Wainwright. So it was a little out in the sticks, but it was fairly residential, um, but it was still considered rural. So. So did your, your candy ever, did you ever have to let your candy thaw out before you ate it? Did it ever freeze? No, I, I don't like being cold for too long. <laughs> so I was never outside for, for long enough for that to happen. So <laughs> was, All right. well, if I spent a lot of time outside, then it was probably because it was a warmer winter. Um, Cause I've just never, I've never been partial to freezing myself. I I'm an indoor kid for the most part. (laughs) All right. Well, Jesse, I appreciate you coming on and sharing uh, all these stories and Halloween memories with us. And um, is there uh, anything you want to promote or tell people where they can find you and your, your books and works and stuff like that? Well, if you're looking for a list of everything I've done, uh, you can go to jessedesmond.com. I spell my name with an I E. Uh, J-E-S-S-I-E. And I'll I'll send a link to to Beans here so he has it on and he can post that. Uh, that's kind of my author website. One thing that I'm, I started doing, um, I always have books in the works. I have many, many books in the works. Uh, so I have this research project that's been ongoing for like 20-something years now um, called is research on this guy named Count St. Germain. He was a real guy and supposedly he's immortal and was really big in alchemy, but he was also a musical rival of Handel and he was a French diplomat for Louis the 15th. You know, there's, there's all this really cool stuff. So I started doing a podcast on that and I, you can find it at findingcountstgermain.com. And so um, I try real hard to get into an NPR sort of voice for that. (laughs) Um, And I don't know why it just, I try. Um, I think I hit it a little bit, Um, but that's my, that's one of my new projects. Uh, I'm writing a book on the history of UFOs in Alaska I'm writing a book on Count St. Germain. Do I have any other books coming out? I have some other stuff that I'm writing. Uh, I have like a comic book script that I'm writing, but I, I don't know if anything's ever going to come of that. Um, I'm really bad at selling myself. So that's where the problem lies. <laughs> um, uh, no, I think that's about it. I think that's about it. Um, if you want to find me online, you can go to Facebook, uh, type in my name, or you can find me through Alaska UFOs. It's a group. And, you know, you have to answer some questions to kind of get into the group. And I'm picky about what gets posted in there. Uh, we try and keep it to, to strictly Alaska stuff. Uh, we're interested in UFOs and aerial phenomenon. And, like, uh, there were some, recently there were some, meteorites or something that that came down over Alaska and so there's like some footage of that in the group and stuff so uh yeah that's that's how you can find me all those different ways 
all those various ways. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for coming on, Jesse. We really appreciate. It. We always like having you on, and uh, thanks for sharing all your uh, your content with us here that we uh, that we posted over the last couple of weeks. We really appreciate it. Well, you're welcome. I uh, I like doing podcast stuff. Uh, I, I hopefully I'm getting better at it because I. I'm starting to do more and more of it lately, and I don't. I I, I just if you want me back, let me know. Oh, if you want we'll me have back, you back. <laughs> <laughs> I always have stories. I can always find stuff. All right, all right, Jesse. Thanks for coming on, and uh, you can find us at the Alaska Watch Podcast website as well as you can find my book on Amazon and just any other podcatcher out there, as well as YouTube. So, thanks for listening, and happy Halloween. Thank mm-hmm. you.